breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One seven FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. KSLA reporting a, a huge brawl, uh, unfortunately, that were uh, involving teenagers there in DeSoto Parish. Uh, several teenagers injured, some facing possible criminal charges because uh, racial slurs were flung about mm-hmm. and people got mad. I think the report even says it may have started at school and then it escalated and ended up in a, a big brawl on over the weekend. A man and several teenage boys have been charged with second-degree battery. Mm. Yeah. Now, the Bozier, I mean, excuse me, the DeSoto Sheriff's Office is investigating. They can't say a whole lot about it at this point because there are juveniles involved. But there is concern it's going to re-escalate. Uh, possibly this weekend. They don't know that. Um, there have been a lot of stuff on social media. The videos have been shared with a lot of people, and um, I'm not sure what exactly was said. We don't know anything about the specifics of what was said to whom, what started it all. It's down in Logansport. Mm-hmm. We yeah. just know that it is a uh, it, it has lit a fire in that community, and people are outraged. Some people are like, well, why did you only arrest this group of teens and, and not the other group of teens, what's going on. Um, so, you know, we I did reach out to the sheriff. I want to make that real clear this morning. I did reach out to Jason Richardson. Um, mm-hmm. Do I have, I, I shouldn't say what he told me. I don't know that it, it might be his own personal, but he's unavailable to talk with us today. I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, hopefully he can next week when we learn more about it. But, um, and he can't say a whole lot obviously, because they're young people, but he could and tell it's us... it's an active investigation. Yes, what sparked, the, what sparked the response from the sheriff's office. The, the adult has, who's been charged, they should release his name. That's public record. Um, and we'll find out, is that someone's daddy? You know, how, why does this adult get involved? But it's not good when, when teenagers, when you, when you... And I don't know anything about what racial remarks were said, have no right, clue. Right, But we are so much more prone today to turn to violence when we get mad. And that's part of our problem. It's a shame that people, I mean, look, not saying whatever was said, don't know. Don't know from whom said what to who. But people, it, it's, we're looking for things to be offended by. Yes, yes, absolutely. I, Aaron, I was called all kinds of things growing up, mm-hmm. especially being redheaded and freckled and, you just you 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 gotta toughen your skin, right? And but, realize, but we all, look, we it all says know, more. I know racial I know. comments are not tolerated. We cannot tolerate that. In I'm our not schools. saying tolerated, right? No, I'm no, not I'm saying not. tolerated. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But it speaks more to the person saying it than it does to you. Yeah, and and you know if and here's a here's consider a, uh, the source. It's a novel idea to you know if someone is making those kinds of remarks. Go through the chain. I know people don't like, we don't like to snitch, but let someone know who can make a difference. You know, if something happens here at work and Ruben does something I don't like, 
if I can't address it, which me and Ruben, mano a mano, um, I'm I'm not going to whine in the halls about Ruben. Right. I'm going to go to somebody who can fix Ruben and, you know, go, hey, Ruben, you're a problem. Fix this. You'd go upside my head and you know it. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm going to fix it between you <laughs> and me course. first, you know. But <laughs> Which is what mature, responsible adults do. And And that's, and it's just... One of those things that I, I, it doesn't belong in our schools. I'm hoping that it settles down and it doesn't re-escalate. But we know they're keeping a close eye this weekend. You know, are these kids going to fl- flare up again? Is it going to be another deal? Are they planning some sort of meetup somewhere where they could have round two? I know the DeSoto Sheriff's Department is concerned about that and worried about it. When, you know, in the 70s, it was an issue. Mm-hmm. Especially in the in the early seventies, late sixties, when they started integrating schools, obviously that was in that was a problem. Mm-hmm. It's twenty twenty four. Are we never getting past it? Are mm. we never going to get past it, Aaron? I don't know. I don't know. It's a struggle. It is absolutely a struggle. I just you know I hope all the teens are okay. I don't know the extent of anyone's injuries. Um, I would like to ask, you know, the, the sheriff's office about that. Was anybody seriously hurt? Anybody had to go to the hospital? Um, we have folks charged with second-degree battery. That's a pretty serious crime. Um, we'll see. We'll keep you posted well, as we hear more. It's, a, you know, an exclusive report. We want to thank KSLA because they've done a great job on this. They've gotten the videos. I don't know that they've published them, but they have been sent those videos, and I haven't seen them yet. So um, it's just sad. It's sad when it, it comes is to sad. that. It, mm-hmm. it, it is. You're exactly right. It is sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, crawfish prices coming down. There's uh, uh, an historic building in Shreveport that uh, I want to I want to talk about. The owners might be looking to sell for demolition purposes mm. to make room for another dead gum coffee place. Oh boy! Yeah, we'll talk about that. Mike and McCarty, one hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, and on the free Keel app. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. There's a story on uh, that KGBS is reporting that 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 I saw first on on the television. Um, an historic building. I drive by it every single day on Kings Highway. It's a it's an uh, an historic home that is now the uh, currently an, a law office. We've seen it right next to Raising Canes on Kings Highway as you're uh, heading west before you get to Forty Nine. Mm-hmm. Big red brick building with that green slate looking roof. It's beautiful. It's beautiful building. Hundred year old home that. Uh, the owners, Rice and Kendig, Rice owns the property, uh, was approached by a coffee company that wants to build a drive-through coffee shop on that location. Wait, 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 wait. And so they said it's contingent on the owner gaining a certificate of demolition. Mm, okay. Gary Joyner is the chairman of the Historic Preservation Commission in Shreveport. Oh my! Oh my, Gary! We're we're gonna tear down. We gotta stop this. That historic mansion is that even a possibility? 
It is a possibility, and of course, we we don't want to see that happen. Uh, The HPC has voted once to deny. Uh, The owner has uh, come back. He will be before uh, the commission again this afternoon. We meet at uh, 4 p.m. at the council chambers. And he, you know, he's bought another mansion down down the way as a uh, as another uh, law office, another great old mansion. However, uh, this is pure profit. It's destroying, in my view, and I'm, I'm speaking as an individual because I can't speak for the commission on this. But uh, it's pure profit. Who cares? You know, get rid of it. It's it's uh, by itself. Everything else is commercial. Mm. But that's really very short-sighted. Uh, it's you know, if we keep on tearing down our history, we're going to look like Dallas. Uh. We're we're going to be nothing but big box stores and little box stores and drive-throughs, and we can put up another historic marker that we've done way too much that said here stood. Mm. <laughs> Now, you, can you know? your can your commission stop the teardown, or does it can it does it go to the MPC then the city council? What's the process? The process is that um, he he goes to and did go to the MPC as you know for a uh, an analysis of a request to demolish. Then it has to, because it's in a historic district. Then it has to come to us, and we either concur or we disagree, vote up or down, and then it goes uh, back to the uh, Alan Clark, to, to the head of the MPC, and then he can, uh, the owner can appeal to the Zoning Board of Appeals. So it's not a done deal, but uh, I have a feeling after talking to you know the other, other commissioners that uh, it was unanimous last time, and mm-hmm. I think it may be unanimous today. Unanimous in what way? Denying. Uh, to, to to deny. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Gary, could this but owner... But he can still take it forward, understand. Right, right. Could this owner not find an, another buyer that would preserve the building? Is that what he's claiming? That's what we asked. And what did he say? It was not really an answer. Uh, it was not really a, an answer. You you would think there'd be some another lawyer in town, somebody else maybe with a medical office that would move into that beautiful building yes, and would take it, would it over a, and preserve it. Perfect answer. A perfect answer. You know, there there are other cases in which there's a lone standout structure uh, on Fairfield north of there, just south of uh, St. Mary Place, in in the curve across from Channel Twelve. There's a, a building that is a medical office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know exactly what the, you're talking about. That's a beautiful building. It was the Snyder Building, and it was actually owned by the guy that started the United States Geological Survey. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And, and that's an honorable thing to do. It's great. Why can't this happen? And I'm, you know, I'm not unsympathetic to Rice, who owns that, that historic building, but there seems to be, there should be some type of protection if you purchase a 100 year old historic building you purchase with the understanding you can't tear it down well i agree with that we have never had uh, a strong ability to to stop such things uh and and one of the reasons that the historic preservation commission 
was created was to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, my my as, company uh, wants to sell this radio station. We're, you know, we're privately owned. We can sell it. It's, diff- yeah. it's different when you're a historic building like this. You right. have a lot of different hoops you have to jump, jump through. That's right. And he knows, the lawyer knows that, right? Sure he does. Now, could this end up in a legal fight, him saying, this is my property, I can do what I want with it? I mean... I'm sure that's an option. Oh, okay. Timetable on this, what are you looking at? Uh, We meet today at four. Mm -hmm. And then it goes uh, to uh, 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 Mr. Clark to to examine it. And we have a very good working relationship with him. You know, he, he cares, he understands... And uh, uh, we'll we'll see the the ball will be in the attorney's court uh, to to decide what to do, mm. and uh, I have a feel, feeling that he'll appeal no matter what. Right, Gary, could the Shreveport Metropolitan Planning Commission or the Historic Preservation Commission designate it as an historic building, prohibiting the demolition of it, or is it too late for it, that? It already is. It already is. Yeah. It's in an. It, it's a. It is what's called a contributing member to the Fairfield Historic District, which is a national historic district. That's why we have those great homes on Fairfield and Thornhill that are mm-hmm. in that district and are contributing members. So, in effect, like the Randall T. Moore Center, the Randall T. Moore Center, mm-hmm. without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, without a doubt. Now, I, I'm I'm a little curious if he's going to move just a few blocks away um, into another historic mansion. Somebody must have approached him and made him an offer. Is that kind of how this started? Is that what you know? And we're about up against the clock here. That's what I expect happened. Ah, okay. Gary Joyner, chairman of the uh, Historic Preservation Commission in Shreveport. Thanks for jumping in with us so quickly. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Always. Have a great weekend. I want to talk to you again soon. Gary okay, Jordan with we'll us. Do it. 1017 FM, 710 Keo, Mike and McCart. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. I can't believe that's the first time I've been able to talk to Gary Joyner since I've been here. Is it really? Yes. I hadn't talked to him in a long time, to be honest I know. with you. It's been a minute. I know. And, cool. and Gary and uh, Ernie Robertson mm-hmm. and, of course, uh, 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 I'm, I'm blank, the Shreveport Times, Eric Brock, you know, the historian. Uh, I know. Yeah, but the, I know. That's what I said, the late Eric the Brock. Late, okay, yeah. That, that uh, I just, I love Shreveport history. Oh, it, incredible And look, story. and I understand this is... It, you're walking a fine line when you say, well, the government can or cannot tell you what you can or cannot do mm-hmm. with your with your own property. Yep. But to me, there's a difference if I buy an historic building. I know there are some responsibilities that come with that. Yeah. There are a lot of people that say, that's my property. And I understand that. I, I understand know, I that, but it's uh, like you said a minute ago. It's not like this building, right? You know, who cares if this building gets demolished mm-hmm. after we're not here anymore? <laughs> not now, please. 
Well, yeah, we could move across the interstate. It wouldn't matter. We could move but, to wherever. But this, this wouldn't be a loss. This wouldn't be an historic loss mm -hmm. for this, this, this nondescript type building. And as, as Gary said, if we want to look like Dallas, we keep tearing down these beautiful structures and putting up, you know, drive-through coffee places. Square boxes. Yeah. Is that what we want? And there's no personality. I, we've had discussions with Liz Swain when she was downtown development authority. Who wants to see another parking lot downtown? Mm -hmm. You're, we're mm -hmm. losing these historic, beautiful buildings. When you look at Twin Blends and some of their posts and some of those historic homes that used to be downtown. Yes. It's heart wrenching. Mm -hmm. You're right. You're that a lot of right. these buildings are gone. So true. And if we can I, I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. Rice. I, I, I appreciate your wanting to make money, mm -hmm. but the, there's a responsibility involved. Meeting today, 4 o'clock, Historic Preservation Commission. They will take action. They're likely to deny his proposal to tear down the building and sell it to the coffee place. Um, and then he'll probably appeal to the zoning board of the MPC, I guess, or the zoning board of appeals and then uh, go from there. Could end up in court. I would imagine it probably will. Crawfish prices are coming down ever so slightly. Talk about that next, Mikey McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keel. Best stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Have you had crawfish yet this season? No. I haven't either. I need a sugar daddy. <laughs> or yeah. let's call him a spicy daddy. Let's, How's yeah. that? A bug daddy. Yeah, a bug daddy. Got any bug daddies listening? Well, we know oh. we, we, we've talked about the, the drought last summer affected the crawfish crop this year. Um, farmers aren't, are there just not, there's nothing to harvest. Mm -mm. And and what there is kind of small, and so obviously the law of supply and demand, prices were astronomical. Mm -hmm. What, fifteen, sixteen dollars earlier? Yeah, they 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 lowered to about thirteen ninety nine a pound last week. They're now about ten bucks a pound here locally. I, I'm looking at the crawfish app right now, and uh, the lowest price that is, that is on the app is nine ninety five mm -hmm. a pound. Yep. Uh, it does go up from there, depending on where, to $13 a pound, $14 a pound. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of them, Aaron, say out for season. Yep. A lot of them are out. And you, and to be honest with you, I do that crawfish price thing every, every week and we'll work on it today. Some of the crawfish app information is not correct. I'm it, just going to give it, you a heads does, up. Some of it looks like it's not current. Because some of them do have crawfish and they're not listed on there. Um, and some of them have live crawfish and they're not listed on there. Very few are selling live crawfish right now. So I don't know. I mean, virtually we've gone all February with very few crawfish boils. I mean, crawfish boils were a very big thing in February around here, especially at Mardi Gras time. Mm -hmm. well, where people right. would have crawfish boils at their parties, and it's just not been able to happen And because you can't get live crawfish unless you travel down to South Louisiana, which you're still going to pay a huge amount of money for. But it's a, you know, it's a problem. And we talked with um, Terry Matthews, Mudbug Badness. Right. She's hopeful that they're going to be, you know, in plenty of, supply at the end of may for mudbug madness but she did say 
The plate of crawfish you get at Mudbug Madness that you got last year, it's just under three pounds with the crawfish and the corn and potatoes, was 13 bucks. This year, she said you're going to pay 18, 18 to 20 yes. bucks. Now, yeah. if prices continue to drop, maybe maybe they can hold steady on their prices. Uh, it doesn't sound like it. It doesn't sound like it's going to drop enough by then. Okay. Because uh, th the supply is there. The supply, as Mike Strain told us, mm -hmm. the supply is down to like 25% of what they normally right. harvest. And if they've only got 25% of what they normally have, guess what they can do? Charge more. Well, and they need that the, the, you can't harvest all of that. Right. Because like he told us, you have to reseed those ponds mm -hmm. and, and try to build it up for next season. Absolutely. And and if you have a, only a 25% supply, I know people are thinking, well, they're, you know, they're gouging us. Well, no, they're trying to make their season. Right. So they're trying to sell what they can sell. And they're charging a higher price to try to make up for some of the losses. Now, the governor did is asking the feds for help. And Mike said they, you know, they've gotten help before. So we'll see. We're waiting. But that doesn't happen. The help doesn't come till after the season's over. Right. So we got to wait and then see, you know, how much is the fed, will the feds come in and help? That drought was devastating for crawfish farmers. Now, where do you, where else would you check prices? I guess you would have to call the individual retailers, which is what I do every yeah, week. I'll okay. get on the phone here in a little bit. I'll either text them or I'll look on their social media and find out their prices. Okay. I'm going to tell you, call ahead because what's happening is right. they may show that they have them, but you get there and they're out. They've already sold out, or it may show they don't have them and they do. Exactly. So, uh, you, you know, you're you're going to see it at KeelNews.com. I'll I'll put publish it today with all the latest prices, oh. and then you can find out you know who has them, who doesn't, and numbers where you can call them to check before you go to get you some bugs. And uh, uh, you know, a bug daddy, you want to message me on the message board? <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> I don't even have to, we don't even have to go out and eat. You can just deliver them to my house. That's good for me. Boiled. <laughs> Boiled don't bugs. bring a live bag. No, no, I'm not boiling them. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I don't know how I would do it. Oh, oh. I don't have the the equipment. The, no, a, a pot no. big enough to make it worthwhile. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. What were we talking about yesterday? It was off mic that that brought up roly polies. What 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 brought that up? I think I saw something on social media about things you did, things animals you played with as a child. I don't know that. Bugs, animals. bugs you played with as a child. Okay. And I'm I'm not a bug person. I'm no. See, no. And I think mine stems back to wasps. Oh gosh, yeah. Because if a, I mean, if a bug like lands on me, and if I flick one time and it doesn't come off, mm. I start wailing and flailing and doing a really weird dance. But who didn't play with roly polies? I never was afraid of roly polies. Love them. L like you know them crawling. I guess you knew they didn't sting. No, nope. they didn't bite. They kind of tickled as they crawl. <laughs> if you put them on your hand and then they crawl up your arm. And then they you, just roll up. Yeah, you got a little tickle sensation. 
It was really weird. And we had a dog when I was a little kid who was, I mean, this dog was legendary, a legendary mutt that could do all kinds of tricks, roll over, shake both paw, I mean, to do it all. And this dog, when we'd lift a brick up and she would see a roly-poly, she would gently put her paw on them. She was so sweet to them. Uh, she liked to see them roll up. <laughs> she liked to see them curl out a dog who loved them. Roly-poly, everyone loves roly-polies. Even Bill Joyce. Oh, uh, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've called Bill a few times. We've got to get him on. Oh, he'll come. He'll come. Yes. He, he's a what, a, what a great guy. And Roly Poly Oli's made him a few pennies. That's for sure. <laughs> but that's a, one of those, one of those bugs. That's the only bug I think I would let crawl up my arm. Really? I remember one time, did you know grasshoppers bite? Do they really? I, I was not aware of that. Hmm. Until one time, I remember years, years ago, I had a grass, I caught one and I had it and I could, it was like I saw its mouth opening. Oh. I saw a little red Gosh. open up and I was like, what? Wow. Wow. <laughs> Son of a. <laughs> I remember seeing one of my older brothers. I don't know which one. They were all crazy like this. They'd pick up a brick and they'd find like six or eight roly polies and then they'd put them on their hand and they would say, we're going to have roly poly races. <laughs> and they would kind of put their finger behind the roly polies to make them start moving, and they would come up their arms and be it'd be like a race, and they'd be going. And in lane one, we have blah blah blah, and they would name them. And I, I mean, my brothers were kind of nutty, but they still are kind of nutty. But the, it was just funny to watch because they would play with them just like I would It'd get down there in the mud and pick up the the bricks and look for roly polies. Armadillidium vulgari. Is that what they're called? Armadillidium. Which just makes sense, an armadillo. Yeah. Armadillidium vulgari. Okay. Who knew? Capable of rolling into a ball when disturbed. Oh, they're so cute. <laughs> and it's, it's also called pill bug. Okay. I've never heard that locally. We never called them pill bugs, mm -hmm. but that's sometimes no. what they're called. It's the one bug you would never step on to squish. There's no, no way no. I would squish a roly poly. No, it's like, that's true. Roach, I'm squishing your booty. Oh, you're yeah. gone. <laughs> and most you're, others, quite frankly. Yeah, you're, you're toast. Not a roly-poly. What mm. <laughs> what 7 FM, 710 Keel. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten. Keel, Mike, and McCarty. Odds are your cell phone service has been restored. Problems taken care of. Although we we don't exactly know what the problem was. Mm -hmm. AT and T couldn't be more vague uh, in their statement, saying no malicious cyber activity. It was just a technical issue. Okay, mm. but there is an investigation ongoing. All right. Uh, a lot of our messages on the Shreveport Security Systems message board, uh, a lot of cynical people. It's a, it was a dry run for something coming later. <laughs> it, was a, it was a test run. Right, right. Oh, I haven't seen anything from Verizon to say what caused their outage. It, mine was very brief. Very brief in the early morning hours. Some Verizon customers told me they didn't even notice it. But you were out for 
half a day? Uh, yeah, I didn't. I it was funny because I, I had was uh, having lunch with some buddies yesterday, and uh, my wife called me mm-hmm. from her cell phone. Now, she called me when you and I were on the air. Yes. When I was in here and I had Wi-Fi. Ah, And okay. she called me from her landline at work. Mm-hmm. But she called me from her cell phone and it took me like a half a second to realize, oh, oh, hey, got service back. <laughs> got service. We got She's bars. She's calling from her phone and uh, I, you know, so I had bars. Now, y'all are on the same plan, I would assume. Yes. Okay. So she had of lost course. her service too. Right. She did. Okay. She got it back at about the same time then, I, I so, suppose. So ours came back about, about lunchtime, 12, 31 o'clock okay. yesterday afternoon. Uh, but some people were out a, a lot of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But, but it, it just, I don't know that AT&T is being evasive, but it's very vague. If, if you read their statement, it was not a malicious attack. Uh, it was a technical issue that, uh, and I told you earlier this morning, uh, when we were having lunch, our tables were very close together, and there was another couple sitting next to us, and he had on an AT&T, a nice, like, button-down shirt, like oh, a business man. shirt. Yesterday would have been the j- day to wear a jacket. Yeah. <laughs> so I did. I said, <laughs> I, don't, I, said I, don't, I don't mean to bother you, but... But I'm gonna. Of, I'm, but I am. <laughs> exactly. What happened? Yeah. He said, I, I don't know. Like he knew. Yeah. Right. He's like, let me eat my cornbread. Leave me alone. It's exactly, <laughs> yes. Let me eat my fish. Uh, he said, I don't know. But uh, he goes, there are people going to be fired. Ooh. Ooh. Which led me to believe two things. They were told not to say anything. Yep. He said he didn't know. I think he knew more than he was going, was going to share. Mm-hmm. Right. And that um, they're, they're not telling the whole truth. Ooh, boy. I don't know. And I, you know, I haven't seen a statement from Verizon. Now, I hadn't gone out to search for it, nor have I seen anything from T-Mobile again. I haven't gone out to search for it. But it was, it impacted thousands of folks. Kim Commando, who I I would think would be more informed than am I, Mm -hmm. said in her report that there was a solar flare Monday. Okay. Because that was some of the initial reports that it was caused by a solar flare. Right. Uh, But she said that did not cause this issue. That's, a, that's according to her. Now, now you're gonna you're gonna think I'm crazy, and you can call me whatever you would like. I know what caused it. Oh, I have found the answer. I'm I'm certain of it. We landed on the moon yesterday. We we landed on the moon. We, we got a, a ship on the moon. A private company. Now you say we. This is not the anniversary of a moon landing from the sixties. No, 60s. no. We landed a vehicle on the moon. A private company's getting us back to the moon. We're hoping to put man back on the moon. Uh, I think by 2026, maybe 2025. But a private lander has made the first U.S. moon landing in more than 50 years. And, and that they, happened yesterday. Yesterday. So do you think maybe as they our, were going up, they knocked late, a satellite or something? I they think hit a satellite in, I on think the way in up? in route, there was some sort of thing <laughs> that, that went awry, and they messed up our cell service by landing on the moon. It's the moon saying, you know, we stop laugh, this. But you, don't, you don't know. Yes, we got a ship headed to the moon. We got all kind of satellites up there. So it was unmanned? Is that what? Yes, there's nobody on it. Okay. And it, and it made a safe landing. I think it actually landed early this morning, but I think the travel to the moon, people are going, this woman is crazy. Can someone please fire her now? Yeah, I'm, I'm crazy. I'm just being silly, to be honest with you. But I thought, hmm, 
Interesting. Kind of a kind of a, an intriguing coinkadink. Scratch your head. Landing on the moon. All cell phones go out. Did they cross paths with something they shouldn't have? Did I don't know. So what was the purpose of this moon landing? To make sure we could still do it so that we can bring a man there. We want to do another man a man on the moon in the next two years. Why? So they, they made it there. I don't know. And, you know, that Robert for years used to think my son was crazy. My oldest son thinks this moon landing stuff is a hoax and all that. He's like, you never oh. landed on the moon. Here's his, but think about his theory. His theory is if we landed on the moon in 1969, okay, why aren't we there? Why aren't we, you know, why don't we have condos there? Why don't we have a vacation spot well, because there? because maybe we, once we got there, we found out, <laughs> yeah, this is just kind of a big rock and there's no atmosphere. But we could develop it. You know, we can. What are you going to do? Could, Put a big glass dome around the entire moon and. <laughs> build a big swimming pool. Build a big, you know, um, <laughs> Hurricane Harbor on the moon. People would go. People would go to the moon for a big Hurricane Harbor. Ruben, do you believe the moon landing was real? Uh, I, th I think it was real. I, I, yes. I, th I think it was real. But although I do like the conspiracy theories that Stanley Kubrick uh, shot the whole thing <laughs> out in an undisclosed location in, a, in Nevada. In a sound studio. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. And he's, you know, he, he's a valid point. You, you landed on the but moon But here's in my 69? issue. First of all, how many hundreds of people were involved with NASA oh. during that entire thing? Mm -hmm. You're going to tell me every one of those people I were know, convinced to be quiet for 50 years? I, I know. He's, he's not really thinking it's a, but he, but his point is if we had that technology then and now we have this in our pocket, exactly. being our cell phones. Why can't we do more with the moon now? now? Why can't we use what's on the moon for our good now? Now, this is my conspiracy theory, mm -hmm. that we did land on the moon, and the reason we haven't been back is because we found something crazy. Oh, <laughs> oh. Or something that didn't want us there. Oh. Uh, I don't believe that. Oh. <laughs> There'd be more evidence. It's like, okay, yeah, it's intriguing to think Bigfoot is real. Mm-hmm. Why have we never found a Bigfoot carcass? Yeah. Now, All we get are grainy videos that are recorded 100 yards away. Mm -hmm. Bigfoot's a little crazy, but the government has come out in the past few years saying that we have crafts, uh, flying crafts I've in our seen, possession yes. That, yes. that were now not made on this earth. Ooh. That's intriguing. <laughs> the UFO stuff is really intriguing. Very, Very much so. I just saw a video yesterday, mm -hmm. a new one, a pilot. In a private plane, yeah. captured something that went by him. I, you know, does it, it ever make you nervous how calm they sound when, in those videos? When right. I, uh, yeah, um, yeah. There's some kind of weird aircraft. I, mean, <laughs> I, I think it's tailing us. I'm not really sure. They, they just sound so bored. Ruben, Mike, what I don't understand about the UFOs is um, why haven't the little green men ever come and gotten me? They don't want all this. <laughs> I think that might answer itself. <laughs> oh, man. Watch with sports next. 1017 FM, 710 Keel. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. I have yet to have crawfish this season. 
because I wasn't paying $17 a pound. I'm not going to pay $10. i am not paying $10 a pound. No, and I was looking at the Crawfish app and, and I was kind of concerned about it. And you made a point earlier that it's not always... Up to date, maybe. Yeah, I I'll do. Say, a, I'll, I'll say it that way. I regularly track prices, and I often look at the Crawfish app, and then I look at their Facebook page, and I call or text them, and it's not always the same. And when you say them, you mean the retailers, the business, the different yeah. Crawfish, like right. I may see shavers on the Crawfish app at one price, and then shavers will have something different on their Facebook. Um, and I, so I go with whatever they have on their social media, or if they don't have anything current, I will call them or shoot them a text and mm-hmm. go, hey. You had it at this price last week. What do you have it for now? And they'll let me know. Uh, sometimes they have they don't have it available on the Crawfish app. They say unavailable. Mm-hmm. And Out yet for you, season. Yeah, yet you text them or you see something on their social media saying, yeah, we just got a shipment, so we're, we have them here. So the, that app is not always up to date. I'm just giving you a heads up. I'm working on a price uh, point for Crawfish today that I'll have up the, later this afternoon, we'll, which will have today's, exact today's prices where I could find Crawfish. So boiled and live. Live's hard to get. Hard to get right now. Really? The yes. live? Seemed like that would be easier. No, they're not selling live crawfish because they, they, the ones they're getting in, they can boil them and sell them for a much bigger profit. And so they're, they're boiling them at their restaurants or their places and they're selling them like that. So um, how far away from here would you go and go, I'm not eating these crawfish? Oh, like, like, like if, like Denver? my daughter lives in Dallas. Yeah. And she said there are one or two places that she's found, and she's she's like me. She's a she's a pretty mm-hmm. you know crawfish connoisseur, right? Right. Um, it, but I'm like, you can't get good crawfish in Dallas. Yeah. Come on, yeah. I, That's as far as way as I would go and still try them. I don't know. I do know, and I'm not going to name names because this was a funny story. I was told by a local caterer who got a job to do a crawfish boil in Chicago. Okay, I, yes. And he <laughs> packed them all up in the coolers. He's got his, he's got his live crawfish, and he's got them all preserved well. And he gets to Chicago, and a bunch of them were dead when he got there. And he boiled them all up anyway. <laughs> they're not going to know the difference. And he served. Yeah, they're not going to know. What do they know? And and served them. I'm not saying anything about who it was, and I'm not I'm not going to even answer anybody's questions about who it was. But it's five thousand pounds of crawfish. Wow. He's got trucks going up there, and I'm like, and it's a big money job. Sure, imagine of a, course driving to Chicago, putting on a crawfish boil, five thousand pounds. Oops, oops. I don't know. I mean. <laughs> How else would you, I guess you could transport them in water, you know, big tanks of water. I don't know. But how would you ever get that up there? I don't, I don't know. But I thought that was hilarious. I'm not eating crawfish in Chicago. No, I'm, if I get that far, no. Denver, no. I won't eat, even locally, not that there are any left anymore, uh, like at Chinese buffets. No. When they have crawfish out on the buffet, I'm not no. eating that. And if you go to I'm buy. Not, because they're not Louisiana crawfish. If you go to buy peeled crawfish, you know, the tails. And there's one brand that says Boudreaux's, and you think it's Louisiana? Right, no. Flip that baby over. <laughs> yeah. That baby clearly says product of China. Right. Look for the Louisiana label because it matters. marketing yeah. as a Louisiana product. Calling as them As closely Boudreaux's. as they can. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bogus. 
coming up in a historic building in down, uh, not downtown, but in Shreveport. Uh, they're looking to sell and demolish. Gary Joyner, local historian, uh, will join us talking about that. Mike and McCarty, 101.7 FM, 710 Keel. Now, breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. <laughs> Real quick, we were talking earlier about landing on the moon. You said your son believes it was a, f- a farce. Oh, he's proffered that. He, he, he just simply can't believe that we could land on the moon in 1969. And now in the day when we're holding these monster computers in our back pocket, we're not doing more with the moon. We're not having regular trips or vacation homes on the moon, you know? I still contend that it was because if we found out, okay, was it worth it? Mm. And and on that front, somebody, uh, uh, one of our message on the Shreveport Security Systems message board, Kelly said, I hate to be a Debbie Downer, but landing on the moon and Mars and all that stuff is cool and everything. But could we use all that money to do something on this earth and the people on it? Mm. Sure. Interesting. Rayson said, on the man on the moon idea, can NASA explain how humans crossed through the Van Allen radiation belts, both coming and going? Machines can pass through, but nothing shields humans. Interesting. Maybe the machines shielded them when they went through them. Wow. He says it was, I say, I say he, uh, it was a purely billion dollar propaganda scheme. Ooh, okay. Ooh, uh, interesting. I, okay. <laughs> There's a lot of people that are skeptical, no doubt about it. Uh, there's a local business that wants to sell their historic building to a drive through coffee company on Kings Highway. We'll talk to Gary Joyner coming up about that. Mike and McCarty are right after the break. 1017 FM, 710 Keel. Back with McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. There's a story on uh, that KTBS is reporting that 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 I saw first on on the television, um, an historic building. I drive by it every single day on Kings Highway. It's a it's an uh, an historic home that is now the it, currently an, a law office. We've seen it right next to Raising Canes on Kings Highway as you're uh, heading west before you get to 49. Mm-hmm. Big red brick building with that green slate-looking roof. It's beautiful. It's beautiful building. 100-year-old home that uh, the owners, Rice and Kendig, Rice owns the property, uh, was approached by a coffee company that wants to build a drive through coffee shop on that location. Wait, 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 wait. And so they said it's contingent on the owner gaining a certificate of demolition. Mm, okay. Gary Joyner is the chairman of the Historic Preservation Commission in Shreveport. Oh, my. Oh, my, Gary. We're, we're going to tear down? we got to stop this. That historic mansion? Is that even a possibility? It is a possibility, and, of course, we, we don't want to see that happen. Uh, the HPC has voted once to deny. Uh, the owner has uh, come back. He will be before uh, the commission again this afternoon. We meet at uh, 4 p.m. at the council chambers. And he, you know, 
he's bought another mansion down down the way as a uh, as another uh, a law office, another great old mansion. However, uh, if this is pure profit. It's destroying, in my view, and I'm, I'm speaking as an individual because I can't speak for the commission on this. But uh, it's pure profit. Who cares? You know, get rid of it. It's it's uh, by itself. Everything else is commercial. Mm. But that's really very short-sighted. Uh, it's you know, if we keep on tearing down our history, we're going to look like Dallas. Uh, we're we're going to be nothing but big box stores and little box stores and drive-throughs, and we can put up another historic marker that we've done way too much that said here stood. Mm. <laughs> now you, can you your know? can your commission stop the teardown or does it can it does it go to the MPC then the city council? What's the process? The process is that uh, he he goes to and did go to the MPC as, you know, for a, uh, an analysis of a request to demolish, then it has, to, because it's in a historic district, then it has to come to us and we either concur or we disagree, vote up or down, and then it goes uh, back to the uh, Alan Clark to, to the head of the MPC, and then he can, uh, the owner can appeal to the Zoning Board of Appeals. So it's not a done deal, but uh, I have a feeling after talking to, you know, the other other commissioners that uh, it was unanimous last time, and mm-hmm. I think it may be unanimous today. Unanimous in what way? Denying. Uh, to, to, to deny. Okay, good. Gary, could this but owner... But he can still take it forward, understand. Right, right. Could this owner not find an, another buyer that would preserve the building? Is that what he's claiming? That's what we asked. And what did he say? It was not really an answer. Uh, it was not really a, an answer. You you would think there'd be some another lawyer in town, somebody else maybe with a medical office that would move into that beautiful building yes, and would take it, would it over a, and preserve it. Perfect answer. A perfect answer. You know, there there are other cases in which there's a lone standout structure. Uh, on Fairfield, north of there, just south of uh, St. Mary Place, in in the curve across from Channel 12, there's a, a building that is a medical office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know exactly what the, you're talking about. That's a beautiful building. It was the Snyder Building, and it was actually owned by the guy that started the United States Geological Survey. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And, and that's an honorable thing to do. It's great. Why can't this happen? And I'm, you know, I'm not unsympathetic to Rice, who owns that that historic building. But there seems to be, there should be some type of protection if you purchase a 100 year old historic building. You purchase with the understanding you can't tear it down. Well, I agree with that. We have never had uh, a strong ability to to stop such things. Uh, and, and one of the reasons that the his, Historic Preservation Commission was created was to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, my my as, company uh, wants to sell this radio station. We're, you know, we're privately owned. We can sell it. It's, yeah. diff- it's different when you're a historic building like this. You right. have a lot of different hoops you have to jump, jump through. That's right. And he knows, the lawyer knows that, right? Sure he does. 
Now, could this end up in a legal fight, him saying, this is my property, I can do what I want with it? I mean... I'm sure that's an option. Oh, okay. Timetable on this, what are you looking at? Uh, We meet today at 4. And then it goes uh, to uh, uh, um, Mr. Clark to, to examine it. And we have a very good working relationship with him. You know, he, he cares, he understands, and uh, uh, we'll, we'll see. The, the ball will be in the attorney's court uh, to, to decide what to do. Mm. And uh, I have a feel, feeling that he'll appeal no matter what. Right. Gary, could the Shreveport Metropolitan Planning Commission or the Historic Preservation Commission designate it as an historic building prohibiting the demolition of it? Or is it too late for it, that? It already is. It already is. Yeah. It's in an, it, it's a, it is what's called a contributing member to the Fairfield Historic District, which is a national historic district. That's why we have those great homes on Fairfield and Thornhill that are Mm-hmm. in that district and are contributing members. So in effect... Like the Randall T. Moore Center. The Randall T. Moore Center, mm-hmm. without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, without a doubt. Now, I, I'm, I'm a little curious if he's going to move just a few blocks away um, into another historic mansion. Somebody must have approached him and made him an offer. Is that kind of how this started? Is that what you know? And we're about up against the clock here. That's what I expect happened. Ah. Uh. Okay. Gary Joyner, chairman of the uh, Historic Preservation Commission in Shreveport. Thanks for jumping in with us so quickly. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Always. Have a great weekend. I want to talk to you again soon. Gary okay, Joyner with we'll us. Do it. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Often do you drive in South Bossier, South? That's what's that? Southeast Shreveport, Jimmy Davis Bridge area. Very rarely. I see, was actually see, out there here. yesterday. I'm I, not. I'm not over that bridge often at all. Mm-hmm. I was out there yesterday. I had to go to Cachada for see somebody, and so I went down. 71 was the route I took, but I didn't go over Jimmy Davis. I went over Shreveport Barksdale. You, uh, yeah, and I can see that. You asked me a question though earlier this morning off mic. We were talking about, you, you said, how much would you pay per month mm-hmm. for a Jimmy Davis bridge like a toll tag? Yeah, a sticker. Mm-hmm. That, that. Yeah, if you lived in South Bossier and say you worked at Willis Knight in Piermont, or and you, you had to drive and you drive it every single every day. day, or you worked at Target, or you worked at one of those medical offices, or Monjuni's, or Tinseltown, or anything down there. Um, and every day you had to come over it. What would be the price where you would say, I'll pay this every month so I can still use this bridge? Because I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, they're going to build, their plan is to build a toll bridge south of the Jimmy Davis Bridge. And I'm curious what the ultimate price for that will be. But they're now, the state is now talking about a toll. But that's a private owned. That's a so privately owned bridge. you couldn't do a state 
no, like no. toll tag type of situation. Well, they'll have a they'll have an alternative route thing that they can do that can, you know, scan your toll your tags. But um, they're talking about a toll on the uh, bridge in Lake Charles that they're building, and there's a lot of people that are you know real nervous about it. But others are saying they'd be willing to pay. I'm curious now if I'm going to go to the um, Brookshire Grocery Arena and see a concert, and it's a buck or two bucks to get over the bridge and I have to go over there every now and then, I'm fine with paying the two bucks, you know, when I need to go. Same here because, you know, I don't go off it very often at all. Mm -hmm. But if I'm going to do it every day, would you be willing to pay 12 bucks a month, Mm -hmm. 20 bucks a month? Would you pay a hundred bucks a month? No. To be able to use the bridge. I'd take another route. Yeah, the other route, though, would be going all the way up to Shreveport-Barksdale, coming over, then going all the way back down Uri Drive. So you're going way out of the way. And again, I tell you, what's your time worth? That's another 20-minute out of your way, probably. Uh, no, it's it maybe five. You think? Going from... Jimmy Davis Bridge to Shreveport-Barksdale Highway, just going down the... But then you got to go all the way up to Shreveport-Barksdale, over, back all the way down Uri Drive. You know, you got to make that big um, rectangle. Why don't you just get off and go back up from ART to Clyde Fant? You could do that. You could go down the Fant Parkway. I mean, I'm not saying it's ideal, but... You could do that. But but at $1,200 a year, I'm thinking that would be my route. Yeah, I think I would use the parkway. And I have a friend who lives in South Bossier and comes into Shreveport, you know, every day. I wonder what she would pay monthly mm-hmm. to be able to still use the Jimmy Davis Bridge. Every every day I'm coming over it, would I pay 50 bucks a month? Maybe. That might be my really? extent. Really? See, that, to me, that... Wouldn't that, be worth it? No, I don't think so. Now, not obviously not the Jimmy Davis Bridge as it sits today. It better be beautiful. Right. You know? well. <laughs> Yeah, because if somebody stalls out on it or if there's an accident oh. on it, there's, it's backed up down 70th mm-hmm. all the way back to the, the Honda dealership. Got a message yesterday, by the way, that there's a building down there now on the bank of the river where they've started putting in some of the, some of the work has been started for the new bridge and that there's some sort of building the there. The private one or the, or the new oh, no, Jimmy no, Davis? Oh, no, no, the new Jimmy Davis, yeah, that they've put in, the, the contractor has put in something. Maybe it's a building that they're going to work out of. I'm not sure, but something's out there now, and we're starting to see a little movement, which is really cool, really cool. Big plans for the weekend? Oh, God, yeah. You got bail money? Ruben got bail money? <laughs> I'll call Fast AF for you, yeah, okay. for sure. <laughs> yeah, bunko tomorrow night. Say a prayer for me, there, all right? Are there strippers involved? Um, uh, Bunko tomorrow night. <laughs> Have a great weekend, Mike <laughs> and McCarty. 101.7 FM, 710 Keel.